You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Sally, others call me Cisha. If you don't like it, I'm gonna have to beat ya. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, y'all. Y'all, y'all, Y and double L. I bet you all thought that Salisha couldn't spell, but now you know, and I got to go. Hey, it's time for the Salisha show. <laughs> welcome, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, friends, all of the things. It is me, Salish, and this is a spectacular day, folks. We are excited. I am excited because. I'm excited for a few reasons. Um, one of the reasons being that I've been recording episodes for my podcast, Black Hair in the Big Leagues, for months now. And they've always been not live. And so <laughs> this is my first episode streaming live to Facebook. It's also like my transition into The Salisha Show, which I'm so, so pumped about because I could talk to anybody. If you've been listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues, uh, thank you so much. But you also know that it's very niche. It's like, do you have texture? Are you a person of color? Great. And if you're not, I can't interview you for the show. But you know what? The Salisha Show, we can talk to anybody, which is hilarious because today we do have on uh, <laughs> a beautiful black woman. Let's talk about being a badass black female entrepreneur in 2021. My guest today has a background in marketing. I met her at this thing, this magical all day event called PodMax. Um, she interviewed me for her podcast, Market Your Genius. She's also written a book called, picked up by Hay House, I believe, um, Market Your Genius, a whole book. She is a wealth of knowledge. And I cannot wait to ask her about all of the things and to talk about all of the things she is inspiring. And um, you guys, please help me welcome Nikki Nash. I am so freaking excited to be here, love. Hi, what's How? up? Oh, you know, just it's a beautiful day in the Northeast, which is fabulous because that rain on Wednesday was a downer. Can we talk about it? Yeah, like downer. I had just gotten back to the city. I was like, I feel feelings. What's going on? It's like, I just want to lie in my bed. Is that normal? <laughs> I felt that a little bit too. I was like, this is like a really, I was wanting sunshine, which today it feels great. Nikki, I'm so excited to talk to you again because the first time we talked, you were interviewing me and I had so many questions for you. First of all, you are beautiful, you're young, you're thriving. You sent me a copy of your book, which comes out in August, right? Called Market Your Genius. And I've been reading, I've just started it. I'm like 20-ish pages in and I'm already inspired. Um, and you start off talking about a little bit of your journey, like starting your own business. And I am just like, where does the confidence come from to keep going when you have setbacks? That is such a good question. Because I'm like, where does it come from? I, I tell people I must have some sort of like blissful or like naive optimism where I'm just like, it's gonna work out. Like it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but this is gonna work out. And I think you almost need that kind of just like blind optimism 
to keep moving forward because nobody has a perfect journey in entrepreneurship. Like, and honestly, failure is something that you're going to face. And I think for so many people, when you hit failure, sometimes, you know, the inner voice in your head, I call it the inner soundtrack that like plays over and over again, like crappy music. That's like, you're not good enough. I knew this wasn't going to work. What are you going to do? How are you going to make money? You can't pay your rent. This is going to be terrible. Like all of that plays over and over again. And you almost need to just go, no, like, yeah, that didn't work, but I learned something from it. And I'm going to implement what I just learned and it's going to be better the next time. And, you know, I'm just going to ask like God, the universe, whatever anybody believes in to make sure that like a client comes in in the next few days so that I can pay my bills. Otherwise, I'm going to have to like ask for an extension or do something else. But I just truly believe that everything's going to work out. And that was very much my journey at the beginning. You know, now it's a bit of a different story. But at the beginning, I was like, "Ooh, I got bills to pay. Maybe I shouldn't have quit my job, but like. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. And also like reading, reading it. I know it's not available to the public just yet to read, but like, I'm so excited when it is when, or correct me if that is wrong. Um, you know, I mean, people can buy it, but you won't be able to read it quite yet, but yeah. So I'm looking at it from a point of, well, I didn't get to quit my job because it just decided, hey, we're in a pandemic, you're unemployed, great. And so I have all of these different things that I've been dipping my toes into. And a lot of the things I'm like, I feel like an imposter. I feel like, I don't know if I can charge for this. Uh, Am I worthy? And I, I kind of feel like reading throughout reading your book is going to help me figure out how to go forth in that. What is it in your own words? What do you think? Yeah, you know, that is one completely common and normal. And it, it comes up, especially if you're in the business of sharing or selling your talent or your skills or your area of expertise. And half the time you don't feel like an expert and you're like, who the heck is going to pay for this? And I think so often people don't realize the wealth of knowledge that they have on different things, whether it's through life experiences, actual career, job, like, you know, there are so many things that people get knowledge from. And there are people who are further behind you, you know, who are like at step one, and maybe you're not at the end line, but you're at step 50, right? Or you're at step 10, or you're at step 100. And these people are like, how did you even get to step 50? How'd you get to step five? Because I've been stuck at step one for like three years, right? And so you may may yourself feel like, oh my gosh, I have so far to go. But that doesn't mean that you can't help the people that are behind you, right? Wait, can we pause right there? Pausing. I just need a minute. You might have so much further to go but that doesn't mean you can't help the people who are like behind you also coming up. Yeah. That means we can start anywhere. Wait a minute, hold up, hold up, hold up. It means you don't have to be famous to feel like you can help somebody else. It means we can start exactly where we are. Yeah. And sometimes you're helping the person that's like next to you, right? Like you're like, hey, I've got these specific things figured out, but you have these other things figured out and you want me to help you with the things that I figured out. And we're not that far from each other. But like, I mean, you're not going to be, you know, selling a Benz and or like, you know, selling something for a Benz price when it's like, you know, 
I don't know, a Hyundai, but you know, you can, <laughs> you can at least say like, Hey, I have a car that will get you from point A to point B. It may not be the luxurious car, but I have something that will help you get to where your next step is, where your next destination is. And that's worth something. Have you always been like, like, is this your first book? Have you written other books? No, this is my first book. I'm, I was an English major in college and I love writing, but I've noticed that I love writing almost long form. Like the, the process of writing this book was very much enjoyable for me. Um, but if you ask me to write like an Instagram post, for some reason I struggle because I'm like, girl, I need like 40,000 words. Like, you know what I mean? Like 50,000 <laughs> I need more, which is why I tend to do video or podcasting or things like that or audio clips because even heck, emails. I hate writing emails. Half the time people send me an email and now my assistant responds and I'll just say like, hey, here's what they need to know because it's easier for me to speak it out or talk it out or I'll just record a video and send it to them. I'm like, hey, this was going to be a novel of an email, but not actually long enough to be a real novel, which would excite me. So I'm just going to record a video and send it to you. Okay, I, I feel so inspired because I'm just like, I'm looking at you and I see a vibrant young black woman in 2021. And do you do you feel how awesome that is doing what owning a business and yeah, like making it work. And I think in all honesty, I don't know, like, I'll, I'll speak to people or I've read articles and there's and they would say things like, oh, when I was in my 30s, I, like, I was so much more confident than in my 20s or no, the 40s are where it's at. Like when you're in your 40s, you just are yourself. And you don't give a crap. Right. And I'm right now I turned 37 this year, which is what? Wait, yeah, I know. Crazy. Oh, I'm like, this girl's 24. No, like oh, literally I was <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, so you've got you've accomplished so much at such a young age. And I was like, how old do you think I am? And this was, they were like, are you like 25? I was like, you were like 11 years off, but I will take it. <laughs> I was like, going on 12. I was like, thank you so, so much. But no. Um, and I'm really, I really do feel like as, you know, write things like writing the book and things like having a podcast and, um, having people say, hey, I'll pay high ticket prices for you to mentor me and coach me and work with me on my marketing and my business. And it's things that like every day I feel more and more confident and more and more myself. And I think that the moment that I stopped fighting who I was and feeling like I had to be like somebody else in order to move forward and accomplish things. And I said, you know, this is the way I am. How can I make things work with what I've got? then things like really started picking up for me like to the point where writing this book i am a, i'm a pro, i'm a procrastinator i procrastinate but i work really well under pressure like that pressure of having a tight deadline i thrive in that i can write in that i love that so i had to manufacture pressure so i literally just reached out to people on my email list in different facebook groups i was like hey i'm going to release a chapter a week for 90 days who wants to read a chapter a week of my book for the next 90 days. And people said yes. And then I had to write a chapter a week for 90 days. You had to manufacture pressure because you work well under pressure because you're a procrastinator. You know how to get things done at the last minute when you're under pressure. Yeah. That to me is just like whatever you need, even if you think it might be a weakness in other people's eyes, you can make that work for you. Yeah. You make it work. Like my podcast, people, I 
decided, you know, I decided, I declared that I would have all episodes for 2021 planned and recorded before the end of June because my book comes out in August, at the end of August, and I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, what podcast episode is releasing this week when (laughs) I'm working on promoting a book. So I created a a system. I had, you know, my assistant, um, person who edits my show, my uh, intern, and I was just like, hey guys, so by this date, we have to know what, what episodes are going when, we have to record this stuff. And I put like, I booked podcasting days. And so, um, I'll be, I'm actually, I think we have the show recorded almost through like, um, November or something crazy. Uh, but I was like, before the end of June, I will have all episodes done. And so while other people are like, whoa, you're so organized and so far in advance. I was like, I set an arbitrary deadline and put a, a you know, post in the ground and said, this is your deadline. And so I'm moving towards this deadline that feels urgent, right? But it's like technically six months ahead of uh, a lot of other things going on, right? Like, or when some of these episodes will release, if not longer. Um, Okay, question for you. Do you have other entrepreneurs in your life, like in your family? Did you grow up watching people be entrepreneurs? And So it's funny. Both my parents are doctors um, or were doctors. They're both retired now. My dad worked for a hospital, but my mom had a private practice and then um her like split from her partner and then her half of the business was acquired by another business and it's so funny because she never considered herself an entrepreneur right or even a at all but when you really think of it it's like that was a business that you had to get the clients find the clients you know figure out how you were going to get paid and all this other stuff so um i i think while I didn't have like a whole bunch of people around me that saw themselves as entrepreneurs, I did kind of have parents that didn't have a traditional, you know, or even like corporate sort of uh, journey, which is kind of what I went into and kept resisting. I was like, I, I'm getting this next job, but I don't know if I really want, like, it seems good. Other people are like, wow, this job's amazing. And I'm sitting there like, kind of want to do something else. And I think, in all honesty, if we go back to what I wanted to do when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress. And then as I got older, when people were like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to be some sort of hybrid between Oprah and Kelly Ripa. Like, that's that's what I want to be. I want to like have my own show and interview people and maybe start a magazine because I got my start. I worked in publishing at like InStyle Magazine and Travel and Leisure. And I was like, maybe I'll have a magazine one day. And awesome. and today, like through entrepreneurship, I'm starting to create things like a podcast and books and, you know, have people who read my emails. And it's just very much getting closer and closer every day to um, what that vision is. Okay, here's a question and it's a very general question, but somebody asked me this like the other day, what would you say to somebody who is trying to get into an industry that they know nothing about? (laughs) Period, drop the mic. (laughs) That they know nothing about, drop mic. No. (laughs) Is it possible? How do, what would you, I know that's a very general question. I've had so many people ask me, Salisha, how do I get on Broadway? I've asked other people, how do I work in DC? Just like these huge questions that I'm like, what would you say to somebody? And it could be anything. How do I own a bus company? Well, I mean, I was asking truthfully, I asked myself a a question like this, and I'll I'll tell you about that in a second. 
not that long ago, like two years ago. And I'm asking myself that question now with other things. So a couple of years ago, I was like, how the heck does somebody get a book deal? And it all started because um, I watched this video um, from a motivational speaker. His name is Brendan Burchard. And I was just like watching a video and he essentially said, if he looks at your calendar and he can't tell what your goals are, like what your priorities are, then they're not going to happen. Right. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> I'm writing that down. Writing that down. And he said, he probably said it in a nicer way, but the way I heard it is, you know, in my, in my mind, he said, Nikki, you've said you've wanted to write a book since you were like a teenager, like before I even got to college, during college, I wanted to write a book forever. And this writing a book is still on your wish list every year. And it's never going to happen unless you start doing something about it. Like that's basically what I heard him say to me. It was like he was speaking to me like, Nikki, get it together. And so I was like, I better start putting some book stuff on the calendar, right? So it was just like time, research how to get a book deal, time ask people if they know anybody about the book publishing industry, right? Or how to get a book deal, right? Um, I started Googling stuff. And so I just started searching. And then I found this event that Hay House produced. Uh, it's, called, it's called the Writer's Workshop. They do it virtually now. But I um, started signing up for that. And like just anything to find out how does one get a book deal? Um, I really loved Hay House as a publisher and I knew that's where I wanted to go. And so I just started re researching. And then something magical happened when I made that declaration to the universe that was like, I'm ready to write this book. I want to do it traditionally for this first book. And um, I need you to kind of like help me figure out how to make this happen. And then I kid you not, I just started bumping into people that had a book deal or that published books or that like knew somebody. And I would hear like, oh, well, you know, for me, this had to happen or like they would talk about getting an agent or they would talk about how many you know people I needed on my email list or my social media following or I needed all this stuff granted I heard what they had I wrote it down I took notes everywhere and then I was still like yo I'm not waiting for all that to happen so I need the universe to open up another pathway for me <laughs> like God's gonna help me out in some way but I at least knew I started finding out what happened because I focused on it and so it's like if you want something you focus on it right now I am hell-bent on having a TV show. Like I would love to have a TV show. I think it would be really cool to have it on Netflix. I think it would be really cool to have it be kind of like Queer Eye, but for like the entrepreneurs and I'm like the marketing mentor person, like that would be fun. That's what I want to do. No idea how it's going to happen, but I feel like the more I tell people about this imaginary show, sooner <laughs> that's going to become a reality someday. Sooner or later, somebody's going to go, oh, well, this is how you pitch shows. Oh, I know somebody at Netflix. Oh, here's what you should do. You know, it's just going to, you have to though start with the belief that I may not know the full path. I may not even know my next freaking step, but I know it's gonna happen. And you just kind of have to go with that confidence and that belief and just take little steps each and every day. Okay, I don't know how this is gonna happen. Let me just reach out to my friends and say, hey, do you know how to get into, you know, Goldman Sachs or something? Like maybe that's where somebody wants to work or do you know how to get on Broadway? And but just by somebody saying, hey, I wanna be on Broadway, then you're opening it up for somebody may know somebody who can help you get on Broadway or who can tell you, you know what, you do you want to be on Broadway as a dancer, as a singer, as an actress, as a combo? Oh, well, maybe you should, you know, go take this person's classes. They train people who get on Broadway. I don't know. You know, I know nothing about the industry, but you start finding out by asking and telling people and declaring it. Okay. Pause. <laughs> I just, I need another minute because you just dropped a lot of things. 
a lot of things. And one of one of the things that like made me get up out of my chair, because I have felt it, but it's one thing to like know something in your own heart. It's another thing for what that thing that you've been thinking kind of to yourself, like quietly, to be confirmed by somebody else saying out loud. And so this is the second time that this has happened this morning. Somebody else said, I was in a meeting this morning. I'm like, he was like, it doesn't have to be about the money. I'm like, oh my goodness, I needed to hear this. I'm, anyway, but also, market your genius at the same, like, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you said something, and you said it's a funny thing that happens when you declare something yeah. out that you are ready into the world. That is such a small, easy thing to do and so powerful when you mean it, when you say it out loud. The two times that I can remember out of all the things that I've ever wanted in life, I can remember twice that I was like, I'm ready for this, God. And one time was when I was ready to get on Broadway before I'd been on Broadway and saying like, I'm ready to be on Broadway. And the answer that came into my soul was like, I'm ready to book a Broadway show. You've already, it's already done. It's already done. And guess what? It was already done and I hadn't heard of it yet. I hadn't found out yet. And then recently in this pandemic, when I woke up and I was in an apartment, this apartment by myself, after the world had been shut down, Nikki, I'm like, this ain't, this ain't it. There's no loved ones here to like keep me sane or to drive me insane. It's just me by myself saying like, I'm ready for a real like life partner relationship. And like, I just said that like yesterday. And now I'm like dating this guy who I'm like, oh my gosh, you, it's you, is it you? Is, can that be like, we're sending freaking love letters to each, like what the heck is going on? And so that's just two things. What would happen if everything you wanted that you believed that you could actually have, you declared, I'm ready for this thing and you speak it out. Yeah. And like really mean it. Like I could you not, I remember um, right when I was uh, going to go for this book deal with Hay House, I distinctly remember speaking to someone who was like, okay, well, you may not get the book deal with Hay House, but you know, I feel like you may, you know, get something like something may work out for you. Like you, you, something along those lines. Right. Um, and I just remember going, no, I'm I'm getting it. Like it's happening. I'm not even worried about it. I I it's already happening. Like I knew it was happening. And it was like it doesn't mean that you know it's happening all the time, but you need to just have a moment where you're that convicted and something shifts in the world. And uh, I kid you not like the week before um I found out that I got the book deal, I was like, you know, I don't know if I don't know if I got this. I I started researching, you know, how to self-publish books and I was like, I'm more than happy. Like I do plan on still self-publishing stuff in my life a hundred percent, but I was like, this isn't it. Right. And then <laughs> I could you not less than a week later, the CEO of Hay House, whose name is Reed Tracy calls me. <laughs> and I'm like, He's like, Oh, I just found out we're taking your book. And I was like, I was trying to sound very cool and collected. Oh, no. right? Like, You're like ah! I mean, yeah. I was like, I'm so excited to be a part of the family. Like, I don't know what I said, but something like that, right? As I'm like putting myself on mute, screaming while he's talking and like running around. And then I'm like, what the heck did he just say though? Because I was too busy screaming in excitement. 
Um, but okay, <laughs> you know, but you have to, you have to really want it. It's not like, you know, you give God a wish list or the universe or whatever you believe of like all the things that you want in the world. Like, you know, a man would be nice or a partner would be nice. And, you know, it'd be cool to live in Maui, you know, like it's, it's not like a, well, that would seem cool. It's like, no, like I am, I am ready. I am here for this. I would like this. And I believe that it's meant for me. Wow. Oh. Okay. That's a whole moment. I'd like to switch gears and ask you about something else. I want to know how you feel about us Black women, how we wear our hair when we are at a public forefront. I know the question that I want to ask, but I don't know how to say it. Is there a right way and a wrong way? Is there an unspoken like when I look on TV, very, very few news, like there are some, but there are so many who like, it has to be straight in some areas or it's curls are becoming more embraced in the mainstream. What are your thoughts and opinions on this? Like for real? Yeah. You know, for real, real, I think that the world is changing and I think it's really cool. But growing up, especially growing up on the East Coast, I had relaxers since I was, I don't know how old, like I was young, like I wasn't a little kid, little kid, but I had, I had relaxers. And when I look back at um, pictures of me when I was really young, I had like a ton of hair and it was like long and it was like, you know, it was a lot of hair and it just like grew weed like. And I think at some point it just became the thing to do is like, no, now you need to start getting relaxers. Like you're of age and we're going to put these chemicals in your hair and you have to like chop your hair off and like put chemicals in it and let it grow out. And you know, the person may burn your scalp and all this other stuff. And um, it just became like what I thought was what people had to do. And, you know, it's because that's what my mom did with us and, you know, no shade. I love my mom and I I'm down with anybody who wants to get a relaxer. I don't have a relaxer. I know what's really crazy is, and I'm going to like, this is, this is just blow dried and straight ironed, which is really only done because I had to get a haircut the other day and to cut the edge, like to cut the ends, it like needs to be straight. Otherwise, like, you know, it's like, I can't, can't cut evenly <laughs> if it's curly. Um, but like, I didn't realize, how do I want to say this? I didn't realize how much it made in the bigger scheme of things, like doing things like feeling like you have to straighten your hair, that you have to look a certain way or that you have to be a certain way makes you feel like you can't be yourself in order to succeed. And it's like the little things. It's the little things of, you know, um, people. And I, I get it. I get people get curious, like, oh, what's your hair like? Or like going up to someone and making them feel like they're, uh, for lack of a better word, like um, a alien. Like, let me touch your hair. Like, let me see what's going on there. It's kind of like, yo, dude, like, does somebody walk up to you and go, let me touch your hair? Like, usually not. And so I think there's there's been like this um, this thing in society where it's like you have to straighten your hair in order to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, I moved to I've moved a number of times in my life. Um, I've lived uh, I don't know what the heck I did when I lived in Spain. I can't remember. I must have just like gone rogue and not gotten relaxers because I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but when I moved to the East Coast. Um, 
no, I'm from the East Coast. When I moved to the West Coast, I'm like pointing West in my mind and saying East. When I moved to the West Coast, it was just very different at the time that I moved. It was like normal for people to have natural hair, for people to not straighten their hair. And so- On the I West Coast? This, when I moved there, yeah. Um, I moved to Portland, Oregon. So it, I don't know if it was normal because uh, there were no, <laughs> there was nobody there to relax your hair. <laughs> <laughs> or you know like it was normal for a couple of reasons but like maybe not not la probably like la probably not but like portland oregon it was probably like yo we go natural because who the hell is doing excuse my language like who the heck is doing this black people there. where are the black people so um i <laughs> i um stopped relaxing my hair and i i just let it grow and i realized i started to realize wow i think i can get away with not relaxing my hair right and so I did that for a while, but I had I hadn't yet like done the full like starting fresh. It was like part of my hair, like the ends were kind of relaxed and what was growing in wasn't. And you know, yeah. somebody would blow dry it and flat iron it and it kind of just looked the same, like it looked normal. Um and then uh I in all honesty moved I moved back here. Um I went through phases where I wanted to shave like part of my head. So I like shaved the left side of my head. Then I shaved, I did that for a while. Then I got to a point where I was like, I want to shave both sides of my head. And I had kind of like, I had like shaved here and then like hair, like it wasn't completely shaved, but it was like, you know, I don't know. It looks really cool. I want to find a picture, but I really liked it. And then I woke, woke up one day. And at that point I did relax my hair because it was like, um, I went back to relaxing just so that I could have like the rest of my hair straight while like it was shaved in other areas right and then i just went and i remember walking to my hairdresser whom i love and i was like shave the whole thing and she's no, like, you didn't. i did i was she's like are you sure i was like shave my whole head i was like listen if i don't like it it'll grow back but i'm tired of doing my hair and at the time i i was about two years into being an entrepreneur and i was getting a lot of clients by doing facebook lives by going live and i was just like I am tired of having to do my hair and do my makeup and do all this stuff just to feel confident on camera. I was just over it, right? And so <laughs> I just said, just shave my head. I'm gonna get eyelash extensions and I'm gonna microblade my eyebrows and I'm not. I'm just gonna wake up and be like, I woke up like this, right? And so <laughs> she shaved my entire head reluctantly, but I was just like, I feel like I could pull it off. I feel like I have the face for it, right? Shaved my whole head, best thing I ever did. Wow. Loved it. I kept my hair shaved for maybe like the only thing, the only thing I will say, it was partially not the best thing I ever did. I did it in like November. And you were cold. In New Jersey. And I literally went, how do you guys walk around in the winter? Like my head was frozen. I'm like, I need hats. The hats aren't warm enough. I'm like, what is this? I was just like always wow. cold. Um, but once I made it through the cold season, um, it was great. And I just would wake up and didn't have to do my hair. I didn't really have to do anything. I just like put some, like, I think I got really into coconut oil and stuff. And I just would, like put some stuff in. I, I think I had like, it was number two on the uh, blade, like on the razor. So yeah. it was sh short, it was just gone. And then when it started growing back, I tell you, this was a texture of hair that I had never experienced in myself. <laughs> my hair just came back super curly. And it was kind of cool. I was like, this is the curliest hair I've ever had. It was just all that curly, all healthy, fresh, curly hair. And I was just like, oh, so I let it grow out. And um, the thing that I didn't realize is how kinky 
curly my hair was. So I remember going and I needed to get, um, oh no, I remember what I did. So I, I shaved it. And then at some point I wanted to go all Amber Rose and I, I bleached my hair. Yo, never doing that again. I bleached it once and I was like, oh my God, it hurts. I was, like, oh, it burns. I was like, never again. So now um, it is dyed, but it's just like uh, the lightest we can go without like bleaching my hair. Cause I, I was like, color, by the way, it looks you. great. I, I'm like, what a journey right before you said you shaved your head. I was going to ask you, would you ever shave your head? And you know, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. It's like, I feel like it's going to happen where there's going to be a wave of women shaving their heads. I feel like it's already begun. Yeah. I know, and I'm terrified. I'm like, but I, I'm gonna be ha having been growing out my natural hair for like eight years. And then there's gonna be the style where it's like, if you are free and liberated, <laughs> then you're gonna shave. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? No, I get it. I, I get it. I've, I'm like, I now know, I was like, I have a good shaped head. I would totally shave my head again. Um, I loved everything about it. Uh, it grew it out. I, and I'm, I guess the person, as you can tell, that changes their hair a lot. I was like, I shaved one side, then I shaved another side, then I grew it out. I stopped relaxing it. I started relaxing it. Um, but I guess I just like to have difference, um, different things happening yeah. in the hair department. And so uh, long story short, and I know this started with like, what do I feel about, you know, hair? <laughs> and, I'm, and I guess what I'm saying is, I definitely felt the the need to have to have straight hair growing up and especially like working in corporate. But I, I think yeah. that there have been a lot of movements towards allowing uh, or accepting and appreciating diversity in everything, including how you want to do your hair. And so um, I discovered how curly my hair was when I had dyed it this like blondish color and um, I had to go get a haircut and I went to this salon that specialized in natural curly hair in uh, New Jersey. And she's like, I have to blow dry your hair straight in order to cut it and then we'll make it curly again, right? Um, girl, she like blew dry, drew, uh, blew, blow dried, I can't even speak, blow dried my hair straight. And it was like, when it was curly, it was like to my head. Like it did not look like I had hair. And I was just like, sure, she's gonna blow dry it and it's gonna be like two inches long, but whatever. My hair was like almost at my shoulders. It was like half of it was black and half of it was like yellow. <laughs> I was like, damn, I need to get my roots done. <laughs> I need to get my roots done. <laughs> my roots, it's like half my head. I had no idea how long my hair was, right? And then I was like, oh, my hair actually goes a lot faster than I thought it did because I thought this was happening at a glacial pace. And so that's what uh, inspired me. My goal is to have like a big lioness mane of hair, like curly, wild long hair like magic so that's what i'm going for right now when my hair's curly it's probably like halfway down my neck but when it's straight it's like past my shoulder um but i'm like all right this may take me who knows how many years um but i'm like let's see i stopped shaving my head i stopped shaving it in 2018 in the summer like mid mid yeah, the summer of 2018. That's when I stopped straightening my hair or putting yeah. I put a blow dryer on it today. 2018, 19, 20, 20. Like we're like four years. We're going on four years. Yeah. Yeah. I would it's it's so great to hear you talk about this. And the word that just and you can confirm or deny this, but um the word that keeps coming to mind is like freedom. Yeah. 
seems like you have found that secret spot of having freedom and also sidebar when you were talking about your head being cold when you shaved it i was thinking about all the times i was hiding my hair before i learned to love it and it was always in a wig prep i'd go to work put my wigs on leave work put my personal wigs on people didn't even know what my natural hair looks like it was always in a wig prep i always had fake hair on top of my own hair and it was like a helmet it was like I, it was like a helmet. And so the day I started wearing my my actual natural hair out, it was like, whoa, this is really breezy. And that's with <laughs> like a full head of hair. I'm like, this feels cold. <laughs> like I'm used to sweating, I think, even in the summer. And so I can't even imagine. Just it was so cold. So, <laughs> so cold. And I'm always cold in general. Like I just, I'm always cold. And so at this, I was like, I feel like I need to sleep in like some sort of special head cap thingy, purely to warm my hair. I mean, my head, like purely to keep my head warm. Oh, Nikki, what are you grateful for today? Oh my goodness. Today, I am truly grateful for family and friends and just like connectivity. I think um, today there's just so much craziness going on in the world, especially in like, sometimes I look at New York and I, I used to live in New York and, and, and I'm, it's not like I'm far, but sometimes I'm like, did we turn into like Gotham city from like, do we need like Batman to kind of come in and like, <laughs> like do something? I was like, what the heck is going on? It's just like, every time I turn around, it seems like something crazy is going on somewhere in like the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Batman times. Um, but I'm really grateful for, for people that are willing to stand up for things that they see aren't right and for uh family and friends that's like really all i can ask for and and truly grateful for it ladies and gentlemen market your genius author podcast host of market your genius nikki nash thank you for coming on and speaking with me today. You're truly a light and a joy and a fountain of knowledge. And I'm so excited to like read through the rest of your book and also for it to become public in August. Congratulations, girl. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, love. That wraps another episode. Thanks for listening to The Salisha Show. See you next week and don't be shy. If you love the show, please tell me why. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Go one step further, tell a friend or two. Check out my site if you think it was the bomb. Pay a visit to SaliciaThomas.com. One last thing before I relax. Shout out Josh Carey and thanks, Podmax. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs>
www.thepurpleshouse.org because only together we rise.